0: Awesome. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm excited to hear from you, Tiffany. Uh, thank you for being here today. Really looking forward to hearing you share. And uh, like I said, you, as you know, I think from our group, you can you can share for as as long as you like. This floor is yours. Thanks, Tiffany. Thanks. Um, yeah, like Jim said, I'm Tiffany. I'm a uh, sex, love, and rock and roll It's my issue. Um. Oh, I'm so nervous. I hate this. Doing this. It's um weird. Um right. So, if at any point I shut my camera off and shut down, <laughs> um I'll be back. But um right. So I I have, um, I would say my primary addiction is sex and love and, um, I, I have dabbled in a ton of other things that have either made that easier, more accessible, um, or numbed the reaction or, or I should say, um, the, the payoff or, um, uh, results of my main primary addiction Uh, so there's things that i just avoid uh, certain addictions that i would be more likely to have Um, but i've been through a lot of programs a lot of 12-step programs and this is the one that i think is sort of at the center of it all for me so that's the primary program i'm working and I use TESNU, and I've been here since August of this year still, um, sort of to supplement as a um, Gosh. So, I think it started, um, my parents, my mom is an active, or a, uh, an alcoholic, um, an addict. And she's in recovery as well. She's She has uh, 30 some odd years. And um, she and my biological father um, were heavy in drugs and alcohol throughout my uh, early years. <clears throat> um, my biological father is a convicted um child uh, rapist and um, molester and I think that uh I think that growing up I was often compared to him a lot. Um, I look the most like him, and I have similar needs for or I was I, I'm told I have similar needs to um, always be, seeking attention affection um to be outside <laughs> sourcing outside myself for um to be filled right always looking for somebody else to provide for me uh, that feeling of security or something else but mostly people um i always felt apart from and um maybe not everybody will understand but often in these rooms i I hear the same story <clears throat> and I feel um in spirit I, I i can connect to a lot of people just in that alone is that um that need uh, the the feeling apart from and um looking outside myself but, uh I'm sorry. <clears throat> I think I'm going to shut my camera off. That might help. Uh, I have I have a, a hard time feeling like I'm I'm being perceived in, in a certain way, and that's been the truth forever. Um, and today, I'm still learning how to uh, sort of stop trying to control. How other people see me and that's like the hardest thing for me you know i i haven't uh been in program for very long this is i think i'm coming on up on my third year um but i still i still try to control the outcome um still try to 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 tell people how to feel about me um so i i think that 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 feeling apart from lasted all throughout childhood, um, seeking, you know, uh, sort of for my mother to fill the gaps, uh, that was left by my father. Um, and never quite, you know, she, I don't know, I'm not a a professional, but I feel like she was a love avoidant, which is something, um, (laughs) you need sort of, sort of a glossary of terms in my program. (laughs) Uh, but, it's it's kind of described, or at least my understanding of it is that uh, it's uh, somebody that is scared of love. It makes them uncomfortable or too much affection or uh, vulnerability. Uh, those things are difficult, uncomfortable, and avoided at all cost. So as a very needy child, I really needed to be loved. Um, and I I probably, it was... Not unlike what my daughter does to me today, which can make me feel uncomfortable. <laughs> I have a hard time too um but I'm trying to break that chain and and you know show her that she's lovable and um and that and that she deserves that right because at some point as a child um when that the, those needs aren't met um then you know you start you need it more and and then I sought it at other places um and there was a lot of um hypersexualized i had a hypersexualized sense of self i, I um, felt like i was i i got a certain type of attention a certain um type of affection, and it was never what was needed, but it was what I got, so I settled for that um and you know I was in inappropriate settings. And um, I realized looking back that I was abandoned in a way you know, I was I was not cared for in an in an appropriate way. Um, I was often I was I I, I was often um, left with inappropriate people. And it resulted in sexual uh, sexually violent sexually exploitive uh, situations and um it sort of served this thing like oh okay this is a new way that i'm loved and needed or uh, at least perceived that it was love um and so i was like okay this is this is my new identity um i Was also what would I would describe uh, how I qualify in program is that I'm a sex and love addict, a liar, a love avoidant, um, and a social anorexic. So I, <laughs> which is why I'm I'm typically off screen and have a hard time um, sharing, but uh, it's good for my recovery. So that's why I'm here. If ever this sounds like I'm. <laughs> um, trying to be informative or uh, (laughs) provide direction in any way. I don't have it. It's bullshit. Um, But (laughs) anyways, I'm here for me. Uh, I, yeah, I grew up trying to fill that void in other people and things. I did a lot of drugs growing up. I um, used alcohol and um, psychedelics to avoid the feelings that I was having. I didn't, um, after being in these situations, um, and, and exploited as a child and, and you know, preteen, I avoided men at all cost. I avoided, um, any situation that might put me there again. So, um, the only thing I didn't do was, um, stop drinking or using, uh, which still put me back in. And, and positions to to um to to yeah to the same outcome um i finally had my first partner in high in 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 i'm sorry in college and um and it was like it was like that that addictive hit again it was okay there it is, um this is the way that I can be loved and love and um and then it was like pure insanity, which is not unlike probably a lot of people's story um, first relationships, but i I remember I think i I never had a credit card until about that time, but I started trying to please and people pleasing has always been an issue for me codependence has always been an issue for me um but it was like woo hyper um hyperactive codependency i don't know but um i started overspending and, and i'm talking like thousands of dollars and <laughs> for a kid that's that doesn't have money and, and and whatever i could do to try and convince this person that my time is worth their while um that that Um, I'm worthy of just sharing the same space with somebody. And, um, I didn't have a lot of friends because of that same, okay, I'm going to attach and cling and then, um, sort of force you to like me. Um, and it was absolutely manipulation and people felt that and, um, And it probably made them feel very uncomfortable i'm not sure how they felt uh but (laughs) uh it didn't no relationships really lasted very long um and about that time i had um started seeking anytime the relationship was difficult i would just shut down um i find faults any anytime the would i mean anytime they would respond or react to my over clingy um need for validation and attention and affection um (laughs) i would i would start shutting down uh anytime they asked for space or set boundaries anything that was healthy i would i would react and um and shut down and um then seek attention elsewhere it was not conscious, but um, absolutely unhealthy and borderline at worst predatorial in a sense that um, like I would seek attention and validation through, I mean, I'm talking normal ways, like online selfies, stuff like that, um, online dating and and relationship or not. It didn't matter um especially early 20s uh i just constantly needed somebody to tell me that i was i was pretty or um that my time was worthwhile and i would often go from partner to partner um i was a serial relationship or ist i don't know um but i uh i i i i would i would have you know three year long relationships and be maybe present emotionally available to them for half of that and the other half I was on my way out um and that was just a continual thing uh just rinse and repeat for a lot of that uh it wasn't until really that my kids came along I have twins um that I really started to consider anything outside myself as important. Um, And even then it was like, you know, I I constantly found myself with alcoholics, probably because it was easier to point a finger at them uh, than look at myself and work on anything. I attached myself to alcoholics and progressively more abusive people and, um, and then my kids eventually were a part of that picture too, And their father was an alcoholic. and it wasn't until when I left him and realized that uh, he, he got better, and I didn't. You know, he was abusive and alcoholic, and um, and it was just like, him, 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 he's the problem. Um, and then I, I left, and he stopped drinking and remarried has a wonderful life now and um and i was like oh shoot it might be me i might be the issue here um and you know i it was it wasn't ever you know i thought that it, my problem was my picker i thought that i i i just continued to choose the wrong men and women i continued to choose um alcoholics and needy people and unavailable people and you know whatever it was uh it wasn't me and um and so then I went to I went to Al-Anon and I had been in that program as a teenager I did Alateen um when my parents were like what was called dry drunks to some I don't know a lot of people resent that term (laughs) that's self-described I don't personally care, but it was pretty miserable for a little while there. So I started um, looking at Al-Anon and, um, and that helped me sort of see like, okay, there's, there's got, there's got to be accountability for my role. And um, then I, I I was always pointing fingers and could never see really the whole image um, that just self-awareness does not reside in me um, very self-centered person. And I, I do prescribe to that sort of idea somewhat, you know, um, I do feel like I am a very self-centered person. Insecure, uh, is definitely a part of it. And that's, I guess I would, uh, maybe inherently self-centered to, to feel that way. But also I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think that the answer is uh, to throw myself over the coals. I think that the answer has really just been kindness for me. Um, But anyways, I I went to Al-Anon and then they had said, maybe you should try CODA because you seem like (laughs) they're in the next level. (laughs) So I went to CODA and I was like, oh yeah, but, but what, but, but what about all the sex and weird stuff? And like, do you guys like constantly, try to have new people that, that fill that void. You, you know, let's talk about the void more. And they were like, well, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know that I have that same void you do. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I, I still kind of was missing this thing. And then I was like, all right, well, these people just don't get me. I must not be that codependent. I must be something else. Um, And I just floated on about through my life, I did everything that they talk about, you know, and switching from scotch to brandy uh i went I did the geographical you know i I moved across the United States to be with somebody um I have these these like fishing lines out, you know to people all over, and it's just lying in wait, and that's the the predatorial thing. That I talk about. It's not necessarily like um, a, a horrible, I'm not, I'm not a consciously horrible person, I don't think. Um, but I do have these these little ties to people um that, you know, before working any program, before examining myself at all, I didn't realize how self how self centered it is to leave somebody lingering, you know. Um, not that I have control over them but to just check back in all these, you know, and I I didn't really understand um, that part of myself. I just didn't, it was, it's just blind spots. You know, I can't describe it any other way than I had all these blind spots um, that were left unchecked. Um, My bottom came in June of 2021 when I... Um, I had, like I said, my partners kept getting progressively more dangerous, more, uh, uh, harder addicts and, um, just, just more violent. And it became sort of this, like, almost like a, okay, I need to find somebody that will treat me the way I feel about myself. Um, so I need somebody that that will be as rotten as awful and just beat me up, you know um and that is it really just felt the most uh i just felt like the, the that i was i don't know it just scratched an itch i can't I can't really describe the feeling but um but it felt right and um and then it got to the point where it was um so dangerous and I, I wanted him to just, I wanted this last partner. I just wanted him to kill me. You know, I was like, <laughs> you got something around here that'll do it. Um, you know, and I thought that maybe he he would be the the sick type of person that might want to. Um, and I don't know that that is a common thing. I've never really heard anybody say that in the SLAA meeting. Um, but you know, uh if we're looking for comparison or or similarities um but it was it was definitely my bottom um when i i realized that i was the problem um after taking a a look at all of these failed marriages or marriage um failed relationships and um i mean hundreds of partners you know um i had to be i had to have somebody constantly on the line somebody in waiting um filling that void and uh the answer did not it was not them and and, um it finally occurred i was like okay i really am the problem and it's not getting any better it's getting worse and i don't want to be around anymore um so i stole this guy's gun and i went off into the mountains of washington state um and I was supposed to pick up my kids um from their fathers. And and instead I put my phone on an airplane, I made everything unsearchable, and I disappeared. And I was gonna do it. I was gonna do it, and I was I was just trying not to hype myself up. Um But then there was this moment where I was like, oh, maybe I won't, maybe, maybe maybe I'll wait. Maybe I'm supposed to go get them. And I was, you know, but I was also really high on a cocktail of drugs um, and trying to like numb or hype myself up. And I just couldn't quite get there. And, um, and then this text came through. I took it off airplane, you know, probably looking for, for something, some reason, and, um, the text came through that my kids were scared, you know, and this is now I'm a day late. Um, and, and that just like, I mean, it, it, it just, I think it finally occurred to me how they might be affected by all of this. Um, cause I really. I didn't. I, I as far as I got with them, there was the self-centered thinking involved to to be at that point. Uh, was okay. Well, they're going to be taken care of. I have a, you know, life insurance. I've got this. Their father's great. They've got a beautiful, sweet stepmother and siblings. Um, they'll be cared for, and everybody will move on, and it'll be okay. Um, just really self-centered, um, and. I, you know i received that text and, and like i said it, it it sort of opened my eyes just the tiniest bit and i decided okay well you know what i'm just gonna i'm just gonna head back and we'll i'll deal with the fallout and then i'll find a better way but i've got to wait until after this you know the first semester of their school year they've been online this, you know and i, I start <laughs> planning for this future yeah. um date to off myself because it just logistically, wasn't good timing. Um, and I, uh, so I held off and I went back and I (laughs) returned the gun to this guy. And then I, I went back to go get my, my kids. Um, high as hell. Thank God. Thank goodness. They didn't give them to me. Um, but they sat me down and said, you can't have your kids back until something happens. I don't know what your problem is, but something's got to change. Um, and so I went home. I never had any drugs on me, any alcohol in my home. I never kept any of that stuff. Um So I just, I didn't get any more. And my whole family had this sort of like come to Jesus thing with me. They all were going to, they were going to confront me and they were going to save me and they were going to help me see the monster that I've become. And, um, and I was all of those things. I definitely was, um, was a mess. But I, I did I still didn't want to be alive. You know, I was off drugs. I I was trying to be somewhat accountable for the situation. I I told them that, you know, at first I tried to lie. Oh, my car broke down. Okay, well, <laughs> that doesn't work. Um, I eventually got to the point where I told them um that I was high and I wanted to kill myself. Um but i uh yeah so i i um i started going to programs they they suggested just going through everything so i went to um i went to n a and i went to c a and i went to uh s a and a couple other ones um and i think that um what ended up happening is I started going to SLAA meetings about like two weeks into that and I finally heard someone describe that um that need to fill the void with other people and um and like it just that that absolute self-loathing that I had always felt um <clears throat> so I, I, you know, it just, it struck and I, I, I struck a chord and, and I felt like I belong there and I, um, started working the steps. I found a godless heathen like myself to sponsor me. And she very kindly, very lovingly took me through the steps. Um, I did everything she asked. I tried to have a God. Um, I went through the motions she had this like higher power and she said it's got to go somewhere so i tried i tried that um i tried doorknobs i tried the ocean i tried lightning i tried things um i tried this idea of this highest self um and that worked for a while you know this 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 trying to be this best version of me what would the best version of me do and um and then you know that that didn't work either. Um, And today, I find that what works best is staying away from anything like that, and just not get in the weeds. Um, I find that I, if I just make, you know, use synonyms or different words for certain things, I, I don't get hung up on terminology as much. Um, and I'm able to see that, you know, I'm an addict, and um, my problem is trying to seek outside um, or temporary solutions for, you know, I, I sexualize guilt and anxiety and all these fears, and um, and I look for others to to sort of quell those things when they come up, and when I'm not doing those, I'm able to, to work and see for myself what areas need work. And I'm able to slowly, I'm, I'm finding that I'm, I'm slowly starting to see new things, um, new areas that need maintenance and cleaning and and not maintenance, but new areas that need to be, to be cleaned up. And, um, yeah, so that is mostly today. I, um, I'm happy to say that uh, kind of kind of the next stage to becoming comfortable in my own skin um, and not seeking outside attention or, um, you know, any, any, anything like that is starting to sober date. And that was um, the next part of my recovery. Uh, That was It was really involved it requires in my program uh, like a dating plan and uh, mine was pretty hardcore it was 90 days um no sex and uh which is brand new to me and i um i have pretty what's called bottom lines and top lines in in this program again it kind of requires a glossary um but i have very very uh, clear boundaries or bottom lines. And as long as I'm staying away from those or um, actions that sort of cause that, then uh, then I'm doing okay. And when I do, it's sort of this, oh, hey, I know I have um, these new tools that I can pick up and be like, okay, well, if I am seeking validation from this person. I'm not giving myself something. And I can try to decide, okay, well, I go through my checklist of, am I taking care of my health and hygiene? Am I clean? And um, is my environment tidy? Am I uh, organized? Am, am I being an active listener? Am I doing things for myself and others? And And, and I just can go through this and diagnose sort of like self-diagnosis agnostics of um where i'm at and what what am i asking somebody else to give me um what else i guess i had i yeah so i went through the sober dating i'm in a sober relationship i don't seek outside male attention and i have male friends which is amazing um and it wasn't always men uh it definitely wasn't but i would say my biggest issue um the the hangers on the the fishing lines that i had out were mostly men um and i i can have male friends and it's not, you know, I don't sexualize these relationships. I'm not objectifying people anymore. I can just be friends with people and let them be whole humans and not place these, um, you know, this this perceived sexual relationship on these things. Um, you know, I used to joke, but I had to stay away from, in the beginning, I had to stay away from um grocery stores because that was like my hunting ground I would I would be in line and I I would create a relationship with the person in front of me you're like oh man I wonder what I wonder what he's like I wonder what our future would be like oh what car would we get insane absolutely insane thoughts but um you know falling in love with your mailman is just what sex and love addicts do um and I understand that now. Um, gosh, I don't know that I have anything else to say, and I think it's all pretty redundant. So I think I'm good. I think I think that's enough. But thanks for listening.